0: You know, folks, this is Christmas, and I love this time of year. Uh, I love this time of year because of family gatherings. And last night, we were with Lori's family down in Indiana County. Last night, I mean, all day, I should say. All day, we were down at the farm, and uh, I'm having a sugar hangover this morning, uh, which means my brain isn't functioning as well. Uh, that's either too much sugar and pop and the homemade donuts and all of that, uh, or not enough sleep. That could be a combination of both of those. So you said you didn't have Sunday school. I still was up this morning. So um We love this time of year. We're going to have celebrations today, tomorrow. And in the midst of everything, have you noticed Christmas starts like July now? Go to the store, they start playing Christmas music. Okay, so what ends up happening is, is that Christmas has become like not just a day, but like a season. And what ends up happening is, is you just get used to it. You just get used to the whole concept of Christmas. Because starting in July, you start trying to figure out, okay, am I going to have money to buy this? Start paying attention to what needs are in people's lives. And, and, and you just kind of get so consumed. With Christmas, but yet, can I be honest with you, you forget Christmas. What do you mean forget Christmas? Christmas is always, I mean, soon as October 31st is over, Christmas trees are up at the store, candy. What do you mean forget Christmas? I'm not talking about the season. I'm not talking about forgetting that. I'm talking about the reason for the season. I'm talking about why we celebrate. We forget it. And actually, for some of us, to be honest with you, and it's actually a lot of us, we may not want to admit that, the season becomes actually a downer. Do you, do you ever know, do you know what I'm talking about? It's a downer for a lot of reasons. Okay, so it's a downer for the loved ones who aren't going to be there at the celebrations that used to be there. Okay. It's a downer because you had your your, your hopes all worked up for, for a great Christmas, a great Christmas thing, and then something happened. You didn't get that present. There was a family brouhaha. You know what I mean by that. And it, and, it, and actually, the statistics show that the, the time for the brouhaha to happen is Christmas. You know, we laugh about that, but that's true. That's when most fighting will happen is around Christmas. And so you, you got all these expectations about Christmas and a celebration and, and, and even like maybe you were expecting that bonus. You know, hey, you've been working for the man all year and he normally gives you a bonus at the end of the year. And this time around he gave you a gift card to Dunkin' Donuts for $5. And you were expecting something more to help pay for the, Gifts you were buying for the family. I mean, we have a lot of expectations, and they don't get met, and and then so we get destroyed. This time of year destroys us. Now, thanks, George, for reminding us of that. Why are you bringing that up? Because that's not what Christmas is about. If anything, Christmas is about the exact opposite. See, Christmas is about hope. Hope in the midst of your darkness. Hope in the midst of the gloom that's going on. Christmas is about a reminder of a deliverer. And that's what we're going to talk about today, that the Deliverer has come. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I don't really care how wonderful things are, and I don't really care how terrible things are. The fact of the matter is, is that you have a Deliverer. And this day is a commemoration of His coming. And what He did with His life, and what He did on the cross, what He did with His resurrection, and what He will do when He comes back for us, is far beyond anything that you're going through right now. And that's why I want to go back to a prophecy that was given 750 years before Jesus was even born. So you think about that for a moment. If we could say we're about 2,000 years from the birth of Jesus, this is another 750. This is almost, I think it... 2,750-some years before today, this was given. And the message of it is still relevant to you and I today. Because this message is going to talk about the darkness we live in. Because I'm, I'm, let me just kind of clue you in. 2,750 years ago, they were living in darkness too. They were living in gloom. Things weren't going well. And the promise was given about a special child, but not just any child. And so I want you to grasp some things here about the deliverer. So let's look at this. We're actually going to start in chapter 8 of Isaiah. If you're using a pew Bible, that's page 362. And we're going to start with verse 19. He's going to talk about the condition of the people. He's going to talk about where the Israelites were at, where, where the Israelis were at, where the Jews were at at this time in their mind. And, and this is God speaking to them, okay, through the prophet. When they say to you, seek those who are mediums and wizards, who whisper and mutter, should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? To the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. They will pass through it hard-pressed and hungry. And it shall happen that when they are hungry, that they will be enraged and curse their king and their God and look upward. And when they look to the earth and see trouble and darkness gloom, of anguish, and they will be driven into darkness. Look at verse one now, chapter nine. nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her, who is distressed, as when at first he lightly esteemed the land of Zebulun and the land of Nephitali, and afterwards more heavily oppressed her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan in the Galilee in Galilee of the Gentiles. A people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of the harvest. Men rejoice when they divide the spoil. When They have broken the yoke of the burden, the staff on his shoulder, the rod of the oppressor, as in the day of Midian. And every warrior's sandal from noisy battle and garments rolled up in blood will be used for burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. And upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with justice, with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to talk about the deliverer. I, I want us to kind of for a moment separate ourselves for a moment from, if you can do this, from the celebration of Christmas. I know that's hard. Like I'm anticipating my gifts too, but I want you to just, just I want you to just for a moment, put that all aside, and I want you to listen to what the prophet is saying to us, because what he says to us is going to put this whole issue of celebrating Jesus' birth into perspective. And it shouldn't be a time of gloom. But rather it should be a time of hope. Because I think that's what we all need is what? Hope, right? Hope. Hope in light of everything we see in the world. So let's look at this. We're going to see, first of all, chapter 8, verses 19 to 22. We're going to have to talk about the darkness for the moment. Okay? Because that's still true today. We're going to have to talk about the darkness. Then we're going to talk about in verses 1 to 5, the hope realized. And then we're going to see, in verses 6 and 7, the Messiah, the Deliverer, okay? So let's talk about the darkness. First thing I want you to notice is verse 19 and 20. This is still true today. The Lord is speaking here, and he's speaking through the prophet to the nation of Israel, and he's saying, when they say to you, seek those who are mediums and wizards, who whisper and mutter, should not a people seek their God should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? To the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. So here's what I want you to see. The first thing I want you to see about the darkness, this is true today. They were looking for answers in the wrong places. They were looking for answers in the wrong places. Look, I think we're all realistic here and we all know That life's tough, right? Okay, life's tough. Things don't go the way they think they are. They're going to go. You know, we have anticipation. We we elect people. We think things are going to be wonderful. We elect the right people. People disappoint us. We think if we get the right job, things will be better. If we think we can just do this, it'll be better. And, and life just goes on. And the reality is, is that it's never what we think it should be. And we don't know how to handle that. We don't know how to handle that. And so we talk to other people around us. And in our culture, there are people who are willing to talk to you to tell you what you need to do to handle your problem. The problem is, is the things they offer you to handle your problem. Are not the answers. In Isaiah's day, there was gloom. The economy wasn't going well. They were being oppressed by the Assyrians. They had this enemy on the horizon. The war was coming. It seemed like the rich were getting richer and the poor were getting poorer and oppression was happening. And rather than turning to God, what they were being told is, is seek out a wizard. Seek out a medium. You know what a medium is, don't you? Seen those signs? We'll read your palm. We'll read the tea leaves for you. Tell you what the future is. In fact, God, in the last statement there, verse 19, he's kind of mocking. You're going to seek the dead to tell the living how to live? That's what some people do. They want to go talk to the dead to figure out how to live today. They're looking for answers in all the wrong places. He says they have the word of God, but they don't even listen to that. There's, there's no light in them. They live in darkness. And see, that's where we're at, aren't we, in our culture? That's where we're at in the world that we live in. And for, and for a lot of us, that's where we're at. We just kind of drift from one thing to another. You pay attention to the horoscope. That isn't going to tell you anything. You make sure you get your little fortune at the Chinese restaurant. By the way, they're getting to be philosophical, not telling you the future. And it's it's all of that trying to find some way out of our darkness. But it's not working. They're looking for answers in the wrong places. So here's the next thing I want you to see there. The difficulties of life drove them to curse those in authority and God. Look at what it says there, verse 21. They pass through hard pressed and hungry. Okay. So they're going through life hard pressed. What does that mean? What does that mean? They're being weighed down by the junk of life. They're being weighed down by the stuff that is wearing on them. And they're hungry. Look at what it says, verse 21. And it shall happen that when they are hungry that they will be enraged and curse their king and their God and look upward. What's it talking about there? Well, because they're hard-pressed and because they're hungry, because it just seems like stuff continues to be poured onto them. Have you ever been in a situation like that? You feel like what you need is a breath of fresh air and the thing just keeps getting worse? It just seems like there's no end to it. I, have you ever said this? I don't know how much more I can handle. Ever said that? If you haven't, you probably will at some point. I'm just being honest with you. I'm not trying to be Mr. Gloom and Doom here. I'm just telling you that's life. And this is how they react. And we see the reaction today. They get angry. See, anger is because things aren't going well. Your your value system is being oppressed. And you express anger. And this is who they get angry at. I I think it's interesting. They get angry at the king. That's the civil authority. Like, they should be doing something to help me. And then they get angry at God, ultimately. The difficulties of life drove them to curse those in authority and God. You know, it's interesting. I meet a lot of folks who don't go to church anymore. And they all have their different reasons, but there's a segment of them who don't go to church. And the reason why they don't go to church is this. They're mad at God. Because he didn't answer a prayer. He didn't help them out of a type spot. He wasn't there for them. And so they're angry. They're mad. And the anger just sees in them. Here's the other thing I want you to see. Verse 22, it says this. Then they will look to the earth and see trouble and darkness, gloom of anguish, and they will be driven into anguish. Here's the other thing I want you to see about the darkness with folks. And tell me this isn't true. All they see is darkness as they live with no hope. All they see is Darkness. As they live with no hope. Have you ever noticed, have you been to a nursing home? I, I, I frequently have to go into nursing homes. Some of you have loved ones in nursing homes. Have you noticed that they don't have a lot of TVs around with the news going? Have you noticed that? There's a reason why. Because a lot of them are living in situations where they almost don't have any hope and now you're going to add to them. And, and as you get older, things bother you more. Have you noticed that? Things bother you more. Like things, when I was younger, things didn't bother me as much. Now everything bothers me. Rob, your hair's not parted the same way. That bothers me. What's the, ch- we don't like change. Do you know what I'm saying? We don't like change. Bruce, I'm used to your jersey being green, not white. Dude, I don't like change. That's called getting old, isn't it? Dude, do you know what I'm saying? And, and when you, when you get older, you don't like things and you don't like not having hope. And so everything is gloomy. You ever been around somebody who's going through something and you want them to see the bright side of things and they never do? They never, it's almost like, Well, you know, hey, look, it's really beautiful outside. Yeah, but look at that black cloud coming. That's what's going on here. So think about it. They're looking for answers in all the wrong places. Hey, isn't that today? They're upset with God. And they don't have any hope because all they see is darkness. It's interesting to me when I read the Scripture, Isaiah does this uh, uh, this same type of scenario right here in this same book. He does that before. In, in chapter 5, he talks about the gloominess of their culture, and then he gets to chapter 6, there's God. Chapter 8, he's talking about the gloominess and darkness of their situation. Chapter 7, excuse me, chapter 9, he talks about what? the Messiah, the Deliverer. Because I don't know what you're going through and your darkness may be very real right now, but there's a Deliverer. See, that's what the hope of Christmas is. You know what I'm saying? Don't get distracted by all the wonderful things. Don't even get distracted by the gloomy things. Focus on the reality of what it's about. And it's about bringing you hope. Hope. Because that's what we're going to see here. If you get into chapter 5, the first five verses, he's going to talk about hope realized. Hope realized. Look with me, verses 1 to 2. Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed. And when at first he lightly esteemed the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, and afterwards more heavily oppressed her by the sea beyond the Jordan in Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. What's he saying here? Darkness is only for the moment. Well, George, you don't understand. My darkness has been going on for years. still only for the moment get the bigger picture. Still only for the moment. See, salvation doesn't bring a release from all of the garbage of this life. Do you understand that? Salvation brings the hope that one day you will go to be with him and be released from all the garbage of this life. But you got to have a hope. The hope is that the darkness is only for the moment. It's only for the moment. God can't give up on hope. Here, here's the other thing. He's saying God is going to do something that will bring us ultimate joy. He talks about that in verse 3 there. He said, you have multiplied, talking about the Lord here, you have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoiced before you according to the joy of harvest. As men rejoice when they divide the spoil. What's he talking about? He's talking about that. That our hope is is that one day God is going to bring us to a place where we will be filled with ultimate joy, and and to kind of describe that to you, he kind of describes it to warriors who win the battle and they get to desp- to divide the spoil of their victory. I think we, we, we can under, we can kind of relate to that a little bit. Have you ever been on a team that played sports? And, and, and you had this big game or big match that came up. And, and or you've been a spectator, and and you were in the you were in the in the in the gymnasium at school, and you were there, and it was loud and raucous, and and it was back and forth, back and forth the whole time, and at the end, down to the final seconds, and you win, and there is what joy at the victory. Did you know what I'm saying? Like ecstatic joy. You know what I'm talking about when your team wins the Super Bowl. Did you know what I'm saying? There's just joy, excitement. Do do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Bruce is sitting there anticipating what that would feel like, right, as the Eagle fan there, okay, you know? And and he's talking about, look, if you think about what that would be like, ah, the excitement of that. That's what he's talking about is coming. The darkness is only for a moment. God is doing something, and folks, he's doing it even now. He's moving everything. Everything is moving towards the ultimate crescendo of life when Jesus Christ comes back. And you will have joy beyond anything you can imagine. You will be giddy. Think about that for a moment. You will be giddy. Because of the joy. God is doing something. And 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 here's what he's saying. Verse 4 and 5. I think this is wonderful. For you, talking about the Lord, have broken the yoke of the burden and the staff on his shoulder, the rod of the oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel of fire. What's he talking about? The oppression will be broken. The oppression will be broken. All right, let me just stop for a moment, okay? I think we all understand oppression, right? I think we all understand being oppressed by the stuff of life. And, you know, there are, quote, the momentary, and I'll just use the word momentary, there are the momentary breaths of fresh air in the midst of the stuff that we go through but they only last a moment right because some the oppression ultimate oppression doesn't end it seems like we get through one thing isn't it i just get through one thing and i'm heading into another and that's just the way life is it's just one thing after another one thing after another and we're like man can't i have a breather Oh, I'm going away on vacation. Things will be so, I'm just, I'm looking for, have you ever done this? I'm looking forward to my vacation. You get started, you're headed to the airport, your car breaks down. You haven't even left yet for your vacation. You get at the airport, what happens? You're going on this wonderful vacation to get away from it. Somebody takes your seat. Or they screw up your bags. Or if you happen to get the bag of peanuts, it's half-opened. Do you know what I'm saying? And and that's just life. And I'm trying to say to you that Christmas and the reality of Jesus coming, the prophet is saying to us several things here. He's saying to us, listen, listen to us. He's saying, it's only for a moment. God is doing something that's going to bring us joy and the oppression We'll be broken. I long for that day, don't you? When we go to be with Jesus and we don't longer have to worry about anything anymore. Be afraid of something going wrong. That's what he's talking about here. He's talking about the hope realized. (laughs) So, Why is that true? Because he tells us in verse 6 and 7 about the Messiah, the Deliverer, okay? And we know this passage. We read this every Christmas Eve. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end, and upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I want you to two, two, two things. Number one, his his deliverance is reflected in who he is. How can I be sure, especially when you're in the midst of it? And some of you are right now. How how can I be sure that God's going to come through for me? How can I be sure that He loves me? How can I be sure that He's going to help me in the midst of what I'm going through? How can I be sure? I can tell you how you can be sure. It's because of who He is. The nature of God. And the nature of God in the scripture is always reflected in his many names. Have you ever noticed that God has many names? Jesus has many names. Have you ever noticed that? He has many titles and many names. Like, how many names does a person have to have? Well, you have to understand, in the scripture, names are always reflective of who they are as a person. Their title is always reflective of who they are. So when you talk about God, you hear him as Elohim, or you hear him as Adonai, or you hear him as the Lord who provides, or you hear him as the Ancient of Days and and the Almighty God, and you hear about Jesus, the Lamb that was slain. You hear about all these different names. Here we're seeing some names about Jesus. That's all reflecting in who he is as his character. And so I want you to look with me. Look at what it says there. About who he is. Wonderful. Counselor. Now, what does that mean? Well, have, have you ever gone to a counselor? You go to a counselor to, for that person to help what? Give you guidance and to what? Give you help. Sometimes to comfort. Sometimes to give you direction. Do you you understand what I'm saying? That's who Jesus is. Wonderful counselor. Here's what it says. Mighty God. That's just talking about Jesus. We're talking about the one who's in control of everything. Everlasting Father. For some of you, he's the father you've always wanted. He's the one who loves you. Prince of Peace. Isn't that what we're wanting in the midst of all of our life is what? Peace? His deliverance is in reflective, is is reflected in who he is. That's what you need to understand. When we think about Jesus, we're talking about your deliverer, your hope in the midst of all that you're going through. See, that's why I'm telling you that when we think about the child and we think about who the child grows up to be and and the ultimate thing that he does in dying for us on the cross, that is so much more bigger than just a celebration. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because listen, come January 25th, about the only thing that we're going to be thinking about Christmas is how do I keep? Where am I getting the money to pay off the bills from the last Christmas, right? We're not thinking about Christmas anymore. But January 25th, you're still going through what you're going through, right? We'll probably have something else added to the list now. And you're wondering, how am I going to get through this? You're going to get through it because a child was born. A son was given. Because of Jesus. Here's the other thing. He will establish his kingdom with true justice. What Jesus is going to do, especially when he comes back, is he's going to establish a kingdom for you and I with true justice. Because isn't that why we get angry at government? Isn't that why we get angry at God? It just seems like everybody else, everything's going right for them, but it's not going right for us. Hey, he's coming back and he's going to establish something that will be perfect. And we'll be a part of that. Let me wrap this up. Here's what I want you to think about. First thing, we can be consumed with darkness and the gloom of life. We can be consumed with that. You know, I I went through recently a two-year period that I feel like I'm just getting out of, of being consumed with darkness and gloominess. I'm just being honest with you. And that happens to us. We can get so inward-turned and thinking that life is not good, and there could be all kinds of multitude of reasons why, but the fact of the matter is is that you and I have that tendency to be just like what we just read in chapter 8, verse 21, where all we see is darkness and all we see is gloom. And that's where we live. I'm telling you that we need a Christmas for that reason. Not for the excitement because that, oh, that's the last thing I need is just a bunch of people being happy while I'm not being happy. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about we need the reality of remembering the deliverer has come. And that the darkness is only for the moment. And the oppression will be broken. And what he has for me will be far greater than anything here. Here's the other thing. We need to reach out to the one who delivers. We need to reach out to the one who delivers. Listen, don't keep Jesus in the manger because he didn't stay there. Nobody stays a baby forever, right? Y'all were once babies, okay? You quickly grew out of that. He quickly grows out of it. And he goes to the cross to die for you. And he dies for you so that you can have life and have it more abundantly. He dies for you so that the burdens you carry, he would take them upon him. But you got to reach out to him. See, that's what's got to happen in the midst of the darkness, of the gloom of what we go through. We've got to reach out to Jesus. We've got to reach out to the one who loved us even when we weren't loving him. We've got to reach out to him. Let me pray for you.